For once you were darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. Try to find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is shameful even to mention what such people do secretly. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for everything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, sleeper, awake, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Thank you, Cora. The reading and the sermon title are the same as last week. In all plans of efficiency, I thought, okay, so instead of this week being the fifth and final part of the series of sermons on Paul, it will be the fourth and final part. However, while the reading and the sermon title are the same, the sermon is completely different. And sometimes it's the way God works. Because I had a brilliant sermon planned. It was, it was going to be probably the best you ever heard, I'm sure. <laughs> But this week, so many things unfolded that fit better with this reading um, than, than anything I had to say last week. Uh, and you should try this sometime. Take a reading on Sunday and live it during the week. Read it every day and see how things in your life can match up and, and give you insight where you might have missed something otherwise. Have you aware of things happening around you that maybe otherwise you would forget? So I had that reading in my head and this whole idea of being light, of, of living in such a way that you are, are light to others and you shine with that light. A, a very Pauline principle and a, a marvelous principle and a great place to wrap up our series on Paul. But what I want to talk about is not Paul, but the application in my own life this week with people I saw, encountered, or talked about, um, and the light that they shined into the world from all sorts of different places. And it begins with Monday morning when I went to Roger Wells' funeral. And, okay, Roger and Frank are two great guys. But when I first got back to town years ago, the only way I could remember who was who was because Roger had this facial hair, and so it was like Jolly Roger, like a pirate, because he looked kind of like a pirate to me. So when you remember someone's name due to piracy, you can extend that into the wrong impression. Now, I got to know Roger and got to know him as just... A, a sweetheart of a man, a beautiful sweetheart of a man. But there were things I didn't know about Roger. I didn't know how active he was in Allen's Hill United Methodist Church. And there's a picture of Roger in an unlikely suit acting as acolyte lighting candles at the altar. Now, this is as far from Jolly Roger as you can possibly get, I think. And people stood up and gave testimony of how this guy worked in their lives. And, and one of the big things was uh, a garden, uh, not unlike the garden Megan started here, out here, to give away free produce to people. 
And Roger ended up being the guy who always watered that garden. And somehow, there was always all this produce available to give away when the garden wasn't necessarily doing that well. And people figured out that Roger was supplementing the church garden with stuff out of his own garden to make sure it was a successful ministry and that people were fed. That was very Roger. Very Roger Wells. And that's an example of being light, of being lightness, of, of living your life in such a way that you just shine sometimes unintentionally. And, and people were smiling and so pleased to hear of Roger and think of Roger and speak of Roger. It was awesome. Wednesday, I'm getting ready for band practice, which is really important because Easter's coming up. And I get a call from Quail Summit. The lady says, my father wants me to come and take him to the hospital because Wendy can't be found. It's always Wendy first. I know. I, I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming you. I'm saying you always get the calls. So I drove down. I take Dad to the hospital. He's going to be okay, but he had real bad head pain. And so they decided to do an MRI. And, and you all know my, my mom is fairly far along in her, her Alzheimer's. And so Mom and I are sitting in a, a dark pod, pod 17 in the emergency room, a, a place that is completely foreign to her, even though she was an ICU nurse in that hospital for years and years, but it's completely foreign to her now. And she's getting nervous. I can see she's getting tense and nervous. And she knows I'm safe, but it's one of those times when she doesn't really know for sure how I'm related to her. And I don't know what to do, so I got my iPhone with me, and I'm one of those kind of geeks. And, and uh, my mom loves music, so come on. Come along. No, it wasn't the Allman Brothers. <laughs> but it was. I, I pulled out some classical music and I found, thankfully, this. And I started up and I put it in my pocket. And she instantly calms. The next thing I know, she's going. And the song goes on for 11 minutes. And for 11 minutes, my mom hums or whistles the whole thing. Every change, every different nuance, the whole thing. With a smile on her face, in the dark in pod 17 of the emergency room. Now, I'm pretty sure Johann Strauss, as amazing a human being he was, had no idea of the possible application of this song in 2014 in a hospital in Canandaigua, New York. I asked her to waltz and she said no, just so you know. But for 11 minutes, my mom was transported by this man who lived hundreds of years ago and comforted and inspired. She even knew the pauses. Everybody? Bum, 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 bum. Da, 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 da. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. 
This is being light. Hundreds of years later, and this guy, Johann Strauss, just turned a difficult time into the most beautiful of moments. I hadn't had a beautiful moment with my mom in a long time. Okay, that's enough, Johan. So that was Wednesday. On Saturday, yesterday, um, I had two obligations out of town. I had an interment, that's a burial, uh, in Port Gibson, New York, in driving sleet. Uh, and then I had a funeral in Penfield. Um, and these two people are amazing examples, too, of being light. Now, so far, who we got? We got, we got a Hicktown fireman. Uh, we have a, a scandalous, at the time, classical composer. And now, next up, we have Dennis, who was barely older than me, which means young, <laughs> and valiantly fought cancer for years. And he ran a garage after some time as a, as a cop. He ran a garage. And he was, uh, he was a fun-loving, hard-living kind of guy. And uh, he liked to drive his Harley. And they, they painted his beautiful mahogany casket flame red. They just did, did it up because he used to do body work. And they made this thing like... It, it looked like that, that casket could go 0 to 60 in like 5.3 seconds. And at his funeral, which was actually... Uh, some weeks ago, it was during the terrible snowstorm that we had. Person after person after person talked about how this rough and tumble, gruff guy had either saved their lives or made their lives in some other way. And um, a business partner got up and said, I don't know if you realize this, but there were times when Dennis's family went without because he always paid his employees first. And there were times when he gave Christmas bonuses when his own kids were not going to have Christmas. And there were others who talked about how he showed up in their driveway with his tools, knowing a job interview was coming up and the car wasn't working. Fixed the car in the driveway and left with no mention of payment at all. And this was a guy who was really rough around the edges, but shined so much and shown so much light into darkness like Paul is talking about. Just by how he was and what he did. And the last one was Betty. And, and Betty is the um, stepmother-in-law of one of my favorite teachers, English teachers, when I was in high school. Um, we won't mention Kathy Morris by name, though. Um, and uh, Kathy had called me some time ago and asked me to go see Betty, who was in her 90s, to plan her funeral with her. And I went to see Betty, and she didn't know me from Adam. And, and what do you do? Hello? I'm, I'm here to plan for when you die. <laughs> so 
So I went in to see Betty and, uh, a year or two ago, and, and we had a wonderful talk. It was a, a very lucid day for her. We had a wonderful talk, and everything went very well until the spawn of Satan, her cat. I love cats, and they get along with me great. Attacked my ankle from under the bed. I mean, just ripped my sock to shreds. And I hobbled out of there. And, and waited, and sure enough, we had the, the funeral service yesterday. And uh, Betty was an amazing person. She was devoutly Christian. And she married the, the man of her dreams, who mom and dad know, by the way, Wendy. Grew up in Seabreeze, married the man of her dreams. They never had children, and he died suddenly after 20-some years of marriage, and she was left alone. And they tried to fix her up with uh, a man, a widower, who had children of his own, and she wouldn't get fixed up, wouldn't get fixed up, wouldn't get fixed up. And then one day, the restaurant where she worked, they brought in the children. And it is said she married George to get at those kids. <laughs> and she raised those boys. And sure enough, Betty ended up with children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and nieces and nephews and great-nieces and great-nephews who adored her. And she built this life out of hardship, out of disappointment. She built a family where a family had been denied her. And, and at the funeral yesterday, they talked about the delicious cakes she made for virtually any occasion. Okay, you, you've got your, your dedications, your christenings, you have weddings, you, you, you got the, mold, the lawn mowed, you know, whatever. She'd, she'd show up with these beautiful cakes. And, and adults in their 60s and 70s are, are talking about going over and spending time at Betty's house. And they showed this video of her through the years and in that video you see everyone around Betty smiling and Betty in the center of it all calmly just there it's like there's an orbit around her and this person who could have given up who could have sunk into bitterness justifiably instead chose her own blessings and built a life around them, and passed those blessings on. In the darkness, she became light. Light. Now, this is what Paul is talking about over and over again in, in all of his letters. But here, especially in, in Ephesians, when, when we read Paul and we, we get some of that language that seems so stiff and formal, we can easily forget about what a passionate man he was, what a caring and loving human being he was. And we can easily forget that he was a man who knew great darkness and yet over and over again found a way to shine light and then taught others to do the same. So after that week of seeing all those examples of life, I knew I couldn't preach last week's sermon. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. <laughs> It'll come around again in three years. No problem. <laughs> but what a blessing God gave me this week. 
that just about every day, because my eyes were open and my ears were tuned to look for those bringing light into darkness, what an amazing blessing I had to just see it confirmed and poured out over and over again. And it makes me want to be more light, too. It, it makes me want to accept some defeats and still turn blessings out of them. And it makes me want to surprise people in delightful ways. And it, it makes me want to create something that can live beyond me and, and bring pleasure and joy long after I'm gone. And it, it makes me want to be the quiet one that makes things happen behind the scenes in a community. And, and all these great inspirations and influences that came out of everyday life in a podunk little backwater area like the Finger Lakes of Western New York State. And if God is working that much in one week here, imagine what God is at work with right now throughout our world. And most importantly, what God is at work in right now inside you at this very moment. So leave today with this reading and leave today with your eyes and ears open and your attitude one of you shining in darkness somewhere today, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, and through the week. Go forth from here and know you are one of God's better angels. And there are opportunities that you and I have to sail on this marvelous discipleship. Amen.